Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Kendall Whitley and Jerry Martinez. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well, man. I hope the same for everybody that's out there listening, Mike. Really excited, you know, special guest Friday. Big show tonight. Later on the show, we will have video assistant with the Denver Broncos, Lamar Smith, on the show. Also, we will have the way-too-early NFL awards segment. But let's start off with some NFL headlines. So let's start off with Dalvin Cook and Minnesota Vikings. So it's rumored that he's going to sit out and not play at all until he receives a new contract. Uh, he is asking for a lot of money. What are you guys' thoughts? Man, he's asking for a lot of money. It's been rumored he's asking for Christian McCaffrey money. And we all know how much he got from the Carolina Panthers. So, I mean, I think the Vikings, they end up getting it done because I think the Vikings, they really need him. And mainly Kirk Cousins needs him, need um, um, Dalvin Cook. So I think it'd be very interesting to see what happens, and definitely I'll still have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean he's without him, that offense is going to suffer. You know, they they do a lot of bootleg, so they really need him. I just think that he understands. You know, he has one year left on his rookie deal, and uh, he's using his leverage. I mean, we we we've, we've talked about it in previous episodes. You know, the league the league the league wants to pick the running backs early. And then they don't want to pay him. So, and, and and I understand, Fidel, how you feel. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you guys already again. So, you guys know how I feel about paying running backs. That's the one position in the NFL that I feel you can kind of plug in players. You know, we see a lot of running backs by committee. So he is asking, you know, a little bit more than thirteen million dollars annually. That's a lot of money. Um, that's a lot of money for a running back. I feel like. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think he's going to sit out and not play at all um, until week six. And I believe that's when he would have to play in order to get the um, the guaranteed money for this year coming up. So we'll see what happens with that. Also, Todd Gurley finally cleared physical uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. So now he is officially signed with the team. Uh, he wasn't able to fly, you know, to Atlanta due to COVID-19. But now it looks like his knee is ready to go. What are you guys' thoughts? That's big for the Falcons. It's big for Todd Gray. A lot of people had a, they had some questions about their knee and when he was going to be able to pass a physical and take a physical. He was able to get to Atlanta recently, and that's really good. For, I know I know Falcons fans are happy. I know the Falcons that team. I know I know that, that team as a whole is happy. So it's real good for them, and to be very like I said, I think I think the Falcons they're going to do good. I think Todd Gurley, who we all know how he did his first few years with the Rams, and the Falcons that I think they're going to do some big things with Gurley this year. So real good for Atlanta. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that Gurley should should benefit from it, right? Because it's almost like a, a mind thing. And uh he's hurt the he's hurt the fans, he's hurt the commentators, he's hurt, you know, he's heard it from everybody that, you know, he's 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 done. But you know, when you get news like that, I mean it just kind of triggers something in his mind. And hopefully we like we like Kendall just said, hopefully we see the the top girly that was making plays. Yeah, you know what? I mean, if it's a healthy Todd Gurley, I mean, that Atlanta offense could be, you know, explosive. So we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Also, it is rumored that Seattle is offered to Jadavion Clowney a one-year contract worth $15 million. Uh, we all know that Jadavion Clowney is still not signed with any team. Uh, the Browns had shown interest, also Tennessee Titans, uh, besides the Seattle Seahawks. What are you guys' thoughts? Oh man, just the pig bag off just like they just said, man. A lot of teams been interested, but this is it amazing. I'm shocked that this this thing is still going on. And we're we're months away from Frazier and Clowney still hasn't signed hasn't signed nowhere. So I mean it's gonna be very interesting to see where he goes. My gut feeling is that he's gonna go back to Seattle in a one year deal and that they're gonna pay him big for one year. It's really unfortunate. You know, he's twenty seven years old and you know, he wants that contract that's gonna be, you know, a multi year contract where, you know, he he'd be good. You know, annually, you know, so I just think that, you know, unfortunately, the one thing I, I guess that all the teams are seeing is, yes, he can generate great pressure into the backfield and, you know, get those tackles for losses, which is really good. Those are really good stats. But when you're asking for the that $20 million range, you know, you want multiple sacks. You want 10 plus sacks a year. You know, you want 15 plus sacks a year. So he's never been a, a real sack artist. So I think that's been the, the holdup. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to eventually end up re-signing with Seattle Seahawks, uh, but we'll just wait and see what happens with that. Also, the Tennessee Titans are actively trying to re, uh, redo a deal for Derrick Henry, and we all know he's a huge part of that offense. Yeah, um, that's been something that's been going on since Frazier. They, they, um, they hadn't done it yet, so I think it's going to get – I think this deal right here out of all of them, it's going to get done. For, I think it's going to get done before a training camp. So be, just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I mean that's their identity, and uh, he has showed the last two years that he can carry the he can carry, you know he can carry the rock, and so uh, I think like I would have to agree with Kendall. This deal is going to get done faster than all the other deals that we're talking about. Let's just think about that run that they made right with Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did make some plays, but man, most of that was you know the Tennessee Titans were riding on the back of Derrick Henry. Man, he is just a big guy, hard to tackle. And he's still young, so hopefully this young man gets his money. Yes. Finally, the Browns and defensive end Miles Garrett are working on a new contract extension. Now, we all know that uh, Miles Garrett had an incident last year um, that he ended up being suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, but I think he's going to have a big year this, this season coming up. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, he had a big incident in the game with against the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, sorry about that, about the mispronunciation. But it's going to be, I mean, I think this deal, I think it's going to get done too. I think they're going to reward him. It's going to come across as a shocker to some fans. But I think that deal is going to get done before the season starts too. Overall, before before that incident happened, I mean, he was a model citizen. I mean, he everything that he's done for his community, overall, he just brings a, a great work ethic to the team, and he, he does it all, right? He gets tackles for losses and gets you sacks. And and he's really really young, so I I think that this is his time to get paid, and I think this is what Jadavian Clowney is looking at. Like, hey man, I'm a defensive end too, and I was the first 
overall pick, right? So this is this is exactly the deal that Jadavian Clowney's looking for. And that's gonna wrap it up for NFL headlines. First and goal. Hand it to Freeman. Stutter step move. Freeman is in. Touchdown, Broncos. First and ten Lindsay in the backfield. And going deep Sutton. Oh, he got it! What a catch! Tonight's special guest is the video assistant with the Denver Broncos, Lamar Smith. How you doing, Lamar? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, Lamar, if you can just tell our audience your story and how you ended up with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Um, so my name is Lamar Smith. I'm a small town kid from, uh, from Hillsborough, North Carolina, I'm born and raised um, and I'm blessed and lucky enough to be in the position that I am being 25 years old, being that I'm in my going on to my fourth season as a video guy in the NFL. Um, again, I'm only 25. So I started real young, right out of college. Um, so with my journey, my journey to the NFL, my journey to the NFL was extremely, extremely odd. It's different. So so I was a normal kid, went through uh, middle school, got into high school, played sports uh, throughout football, basketball, ran track. Um, I was a small stature kid. So, so my, biggest, my biggest thing was my brain. I used my brain as my, my advantage over everybody. Um, I, knew, I knew I wasn't going to beat you with strength, but I knew that I was going to know exactly where you're going to be at before you even knew you were going to be there. So that was that was my biggest upside with playing football. So I was blessed enough and lucky enough to to be coached by some great great men. Um, Joe Joe Kilby was my my high school coach my junior year where I started to really peak um, and and get comfortable in my my own skin. Um, and once he left, uh, Coach Casey uh, Chris Casey he he became my coach during my senior year. That's when I became the captain of the team. It was it was my team, and I, I took took pride into that. So, so I was working out every day. I was getting bigger. I mean, I was only a buck thirty five soaking wet, but I was lifting twi- just about twice my size. Um, so lucky enough, I, I got to start. Didn't come off the field. Um, played both sides of the both sides of the ball. Played special teams. Um, then the first game of my senior year. It was it was on and it was on and popping. I was I was I was ready. I was ready. Bad thing is during the third quarter, um, a two hundred and ten running back he blew through the hole, and I was it was between me and him. I tackled him. He kneed me right under my chin, and I I broke my C five and C six in my neck. Mm. Only only bad. The worst part about it is I didn't. I had so much adrenaline. I didn't come out the game. My coach saw that I, I blacked out and didn't get up so fast. But once once I was up and moving around, I was good. So I came out the game for like a play. He put in my replacement. My replacement wasn't doing his job. I told coach, put me back in. I'm good now. I got back in the game with a broken neck. Oh, and, wow. and I continued to play. Did not come out the game the rest of the game after the third quarter. It was the beginning of the third quarter at that. So I made it. 10 times worse than what it could have been. And I almost broke my neck all the way through. It was, 
I think one more tackle, the doctor said, I would have been paralyzed. So I am blessed to be walking, not let alone be alive from from that injury. Um, the doctor, the doctor and the nurse told me that that I was very blessed and highly favored to to still have life and breath in my body. So I took that upon myself to to know that everyone's dream is to get into the NFL or the NBA and some some professional league. And that was my dream. Um, so once once I knew that I couldn't play anymore because of that injury, I had to figure out how else can I fulfill my dream of getting into the league one way, one somehow. Um, my mom made me she made me write down my dreams when I was 10 years old. And my number one dream was to get into the league. So once I couldn't play anymore, I had to figure out what else can I do? So I became a student coach. I was still a captain of the team. I, I broke my neck that Friday. I was back to practice on Monday. I wasn't letting anything stop me from helping my team win. So sadly, we didn't win that many games at Cedar Ridge. Shout out to Cedar Ridge High School in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't win that many games that year. But I, I was definitely there at every practice making sure that all my, my teammates knew that I wasn't going to quit on them just because I could not play anymore and that I was physically not able to. So, so once that, once that happened, um, I already had a college chosen. I wanted to go to Winston-Salem state just because it was close to home. Um, I knew who the head coach was there. Um, shout out to coach Bullware. Um, he, he's like a, he was like a father figure to me. Uh, his, his aunt grew up in, I grew up in the same church that she went to. Um, so I knew, I knew him personally. So I definitely wanted to go there just because I knew he was going to be the head coach. Um, so I went there, he handed me a camera, um, and he said, Hey, see what you can do with this. Um, so my, me and my direct boss, uh, Jason, Mai, uh, we, we were just, we were, we were two peas in the pod. And then we added a third pod to that, uh, Marcus Pearson at Winston-Salem. Like we all worked very well together. Uh, I started as a freshman as a video coordinator um, and I just continue to improve as every year. Um, my senior year, I knew that I needed to do something else. I had two conference championships under my belt with Winston-Salem, but I knew that in order for me to get to the league, I still needed a D1 school under my belt. So I went over to Wake Forest a University uh, for a summer internship with uh, – the, their video coordinator, Ben. And then at that time, the assistant was John Ford. Um, and I helped them out during the summer just for their summer workouts, uh, whether it was five in the morning or five, six, seven at night. Um, I wanted to make sure that I put my foot in the door with D1 schools. So after that, I ended up doing a, a senior internship with them. My last semester at school, there was no more football at Winston-Salem, but there was definitely football at Wake Forest because it was a D1 school. So I went over to Wake Forest, um, helped out there as much as I could every single day. Um, and then another guy, Ben Baker, he was over there um, helping out as well. Um, then, I, then I knew, like, all right, I've got two more months left of college. It's time to get cracking on trying to get into the league. 
So I I got pushed by Marcus Pearson to apply to as many places because he didn't want me working at Food Lion or being an intern for a D1 school the rest of my life. So I applied to many, to, to different teams. I applied to the Vikings and I applied to the Falcons and a few other teams as well. And after I applied to the Falcons, they saw that I was pretty close. I mean, North Carolina and, and Atlanta aren't too far away from each other. Right. So, so he called me up. It's uh, Mike Cruz. He called me and said, hey, I wanted to give you an inter- uh, uh, just an informal interview. So we did an informal interview on the spot. And then he wanted to do a second interview. And the biggest thing I tell people is you have to find some way to stick out when you're doing an interview. So he wanted to do a second interview. He wanted to do a Skype interview. But I told him, I was like, with all due respect, I would much rather drive there and meet you face to face. And I don't need you to pay. You don't have to pay for any uh, travel or anything. I just want to come and meet you guys face to face, maybe get a tour of the facility. But I really want to introduce myself so they can get a feel of me. Because over the phone is, is fine. It's cool. But you don't really understand somebody or know somebody until you meet them face to face. So I drove down to Atlanta one weekend and did a face-to-face interview with the entire staff. It was Mike Cruz, Phil, um, Tyler, and, um, and the last guy, he's, and he's escaping my, my mind right now. I'm sorry, but um, okay. he, we, we did the face-to-face interview, um, and two weeks later, he offered me the job. He, he said that, Lamar, you, since you took the time out to actually come down to Atlanta, he he was like, no one's really done that. So he said he offered me the job two weeks later after my interview. And and for that reason, I've I'm eternally grateful for him giving me the opportunity because not many kids from a small town going to a D two HBCU get the opportunity to jump straight into the league. So I, I'm eternally grateful for the Atlanta staff for for one letting me be a part of their staff for the 2017 season. And he was, he was a tough guy. He was a tough guy. And he, he, he prides himself in being a tough guy and he was hard nosed on me. I mean, I was, I was a rookie. So, so of course he was going to, he was going to be hard on me and I appreciate the way he, he, he treated, he treated me. He, he taught me everything. I know he, he was a, he was an amazing, amazing uh, teacher. And because of that, I'm now here with the Denver Broncos. So after the 2017 season, we lost to the Philadelphia Eagles late, late in the game. It was, it was a tough one. Um, after that, I applied to, I actually sent every 32 teams, all 32 teams, uh, an email with my resume and a message saying, Hey, don't know if you're looking for an internship or a full-time guy, but I would love to, to, uh, to apply for one of those. And then I also sent an email to every D1 school in the country, all the way up down to a Hawaii, to Alaska. Every, every state had a D1 school. I sent an email to either their video guy or their director of operations because I wanted a GA position. So I had a couple hits. Um, I interviewed with the Carolina Panthers, my home team. Um, sadly, I didn't get that. But the guy that they did hire, I'm really cool with him. He's, he's a great guy. Um, then also the Buffalo Bills, 
They interviewed me for a full-time position as well. Um, I didn't get that one, but they they interviewed their intern intern guy, and he he's an amazing guy. He got the job. Um, I got hits back from the Vikings, uh, the Seahawks, I think the Jets as well. Um, and then I also I received the GA position with Middle Tennessee uh, University, and we didn't even FaceTime or anything. We just talked over the phone once, and he liked me and offered me the job right then and there. Um, so I'm blessed to to have so many opportunities come, but the one opportunity that I loved that came to the front front lines was the Denver Broncos. Um, my current boss, Steve Boxer, um, he called me up, asked me if, if I wanted to do an interview. We did a Skype interview. No, we did a FaceTime interview. And I met him, uh, Chris Kirchner, uh, Kurt Horiuchi. Uh, we met the, it was just them three and they were looking for two interns. So they interviewed me and they interviewed, interviewed a local kid, uh, Sam Ryan, um, who's also with the Broncos with me. Um, and I came I came there, came here, um, been here ever since I started in 2018. Uh, once I did the 2018 season and they loved the work that I was doing, they, they said, Lamar, we're going to offer you a full-time job. And they offered me a full-time job, January 1, 2019. The date it sticks in my mind, no matter what, because now I've officially made it into the league right. as a full-time staff member which has always been a dream of mine since I was 10 years old. So I'm blessed and highly favored not only to be in the league, but be walking. I have a, it's like, I I tell people I'm actually pretty fortunate to have broken my neck because it opened my eyes to different aspects of the league. Like I just thought playing in a league was the way to go. No, you can, you can definitely make it in the league in other ways. And I am very blessed to be in the position that I am in. I give all thanks to God and my parents. My my mom and dad, they've they pushed me to to always be great, never settle, um, and always work hard no matter who's watching, whether someone's watching or no one's watching. Always work hard no matter what. Um so yeah, that's that's my journey. Grew up small town and now I'm I'm in the big leagues. I'm I'm in the NFL, um, been here almost four years. My ultimate, ultimate goal is to be the first uh, African-American video director. Um, Yes, that's going to be a long ways away, and there might be somebody that steps up before me, but it's still an ultimate goal to be a video uh, director in the league because most African-Americans are usually either number two, number three, number four, number five. Um, currently I'm the youngest, uh, African-American video guy. I might be the youngest video, full-time video guy in the league. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know I'm the youngest African-American in the league. Um, but yeah, the ultimate goal is to be the number one guy for whatever team wants me. And I'm open for every team, but I absolutely love the Denver Broncos organization, players, coaches, GM, president, my staff, equipment, trainers, all the all all people of the of the Denver Broncos have been nothing but caring, loving. They're like family now. So so I'm I'm definitely 
happy to be in the position and with the organization that I am with currently right now. That's 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 real good, Lamar. Um, a quick question I want to ask you: What do you think on the Denver Broncos' first round draft pick, Jerry Judy? Um, and do you think he's gonna he's gonna be a big playmaker for them this year? Oh man, Jerry Jerry Judy. Um, I haven't gotten to to speak with him personally, but seeing what he did at Bama, that kid is a beast. He yes. is explosive. His footwork is amazing. Um, I believe him and Drew Locke are going to be outright destructive. They're going to be dangerous for this league, and I'm I'm excited for them. And then to add Cortland Sutton in there and then K.J. Hamler in there as well, those, yeah. those three receivers right there will be a sight to see, and I am excited for the season to come. Yes, me too. I mean, my two codes, they'll tell you the same thing, man. I've been on the Jerry Judy and the Broncos hype train all, all season so far since they drafted him, so I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. And um, my next question would be is, what the, um, so you're the video guy for the Broncos, so we're about on the sideline. Do, do, do you stand? Do, are you close to, like, the rest of the team, or are you off to, like, to, to an angle? So so my job uh, during game days, it varies. It varies whether um, we are away or home. Some some home games, I'll be on the sideline uh, with the, the tablets, the Surface tablets, handing them to coaches and players, whoever needs it, and just troubleshooting uh, there on the sideline just so everything works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might be up in the scoreboard shooting. Um, I've shot a couple times, um, whether it was testing a brand-new camera for the league or whether it was just us shooting for, for our personal use. Um, or I'm running our SD cards back and forth from uh, from one of the end zones to the sideline so they can edit it and put it in our our system. Okay, thank you. Hey, Lamar, it's Jerry. So, uh, so doing the video, can you explain how hard is it when when you hear the crowd erupting, the energy, or you know? You know, or they're mad. I mean, explain the experience. Like, how is it? Explain that to our audience. Oh yeah, the the experience of so so the Denver Broncos fan base is probably the top fan base I've ever been around. Um, they're the fans that we have are second to none. They 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 will let you know you did an amazing job. They'll let you know if you did something that wasn't so amazing. Um, but being a video guy, you have to focus solely on what's in the camera. You can't get distracted on the fans yelling and screaming because you definitely hear it. You can definitely hear the fans. They have their certain chants. They have their certain, uh, when, when, when the opposing team drops the ball all in unison incomplete, that's, that's the biggest, <laughs> that's the biggest thing. And then also like in the fourth quarter. We since we are the only team a mile a, above sea level, our biggest thing is altitude sickness. We love showing the opposing teams having to use the oxygen tanks, and they the the fans are very prideful of our team. The Denver Broncos are a huge part of Colorado, and I absolutely love the fan base. I'll, I'll walk into the fan in, into the the stands and I'll say hey to some of the fans and. They'll see that I have a walkie-talkie, and they'll know that I work for the team. And they 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 hug me, they they high five me, they dap me up. Like 
the fans are are loving out here, and it's yeah, they're they're second to that. Uh, one more. So let's just say somebody that's young and and maybe not had the same outcome that happened to you, but maybe perhaps their dreams of being in the NFL have been derailed. What do you think was the key component in your journey to the NFL, and what kind of advice would you say you could give to that younger kid that wants to be in the NFL? I mean, what's the one thing that kept you in, in the race? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So my biggest thing that I wanted that I want people to know is you have to set yourself apart. There's thousands of, upon thousands of people that want your position. What are you going to do to stand out? So are you going to take that airplane ride to go interview face to face? Are you just going to do a Skype interview? If you can afford it, go out and do that face-to-face interview. That's going to set you apart. They're going to be like, oh, this guy really wants it. This guy really is is key into making it happen. Set yourself apart. Um, also, I would say definitely show that that if you get the job, do more than what they ask. Yeah. So, so for me, I definitely, with my boss now, even though I have the full-time job and I know I have job security, I'd still let my boss know, hey, I'll I'll come in. You need somebody to come in? I'll come in early. I'll, you need me to come in at seven? All right, cool. I'll be here at six. Like, I'm definitely the one that wants to let you know that, hey, I, no one's going to work harder than me. You have to show that you're going to be the guy that they can call on for whatever they need. And if you show that to not just them, but also coaches. Like, another thing that I pride myself in is building relationships. I, I definitely love talking to the coaches. Like if a coach needs something, I'm the first one to jump up, whether I know what the problem is and I know the solution or I don't. And if I don't know the solution, I'll call one of the other video guys saying, hey, this is what's wrong. How do I fix it? And then I'll watch him fix it. And then, oh, I've learned how to fix it. If that problem ever comes up again, I'll write it down and then I won't have to get no more help. So the biggest thing, another big thing is definitely build relationships, whether it's hitting somebody up on LinkedIn and just asking for advice. I've talked to a couple people on LinkedIn. Um, I've, I've talked to uh, one of the writers for, for East West Football Podcast, and he told me he's a video guy at the University of Houston. And he asked me for advice just on how to make a stamp into the NFL and let alone to find out he got a job with the, uh, with the Houston Texans. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, Ali, it's, yes, it's amazing. Shout out Ali. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing just, just talking to somebody that's in the position that you want to be in can motivate you even more to put you into that position. Like I've, I've talked to people in like above me that I want to be the video coordinator. So I talk to my boss all the time as much as whether, whether it's about football or just life, just, just connecting on different levels with Anybody and everybody, I would definitely say build a relationship, show how much of a hard worker you really are and and definitely stand out. Don't don't be the same. Like, don't be like everybody else. Be be different. Be different. That is that is what I pride myself in is being a different type of guy, no matter what field or what stance that I'm is in. That's great. I mean, that's truly inspirational. Um, and I did hear you say that um, you you use the websites right to reach out to teams. 
uh, was that the most effective way or do you recommend rec- writing letters? Yeah. So um, either, either, or honestly, um, now that we live in a day of day and age where technology runs the world, just about um, letters do work. Sometimes they'll get them. Sometimes they won't, but shooting somebody an email or shooting somebody a, a message over LinkedIn or Instagram, social media is huge in today's age. Um, reaching out to, to in any possible way, technology wise is probably what I would recommend more than anything. Um, and even if it's, even if it's somebody who just needs somebody to talk to, they can, they can, every, anybody and everybody can contact me. Um, my social media is public. Um, anybody that needs something, I'm, I'm always open to help inspire and, and give advice to, to, to the kids that want to be in the same position that I'm in. I've got multiple mentees, uh, such as from Winston-Salem, such as Vakaya. Um, she's over there at A&T as a equipment. I'm not, I'm not huge on equipment. I don't know much of equipment, but I'm, I told her I'm gonna help her out get into the league any way she, she, she possibly can. Um, and then, then there's a there's other guys that went to other schools like Devontae and uh, Marlon that went to Alabama A&M and they reach out to me because they see I'm a, a young African American video guy and they want to be one of the young African American video guys in the league. So so reaching out technology wise, I would say is probably your best bet, no matter what what uh, position, whether it's equipment, training, uh, operations. Definitely reaching out over LinkedIn to somebody. Uh, is probably your best bet to to possibly get into the league and get an interview. Thanks so much more. No problem, Lamar. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, what's one game that you recall the most in your time with the Broncos? Just like you know, the environment, the fans being loud. Hmm. One game that ooh. Um, but- I mean, I don't know. It's I don't think we won this game, sadly. Um, but I remember. I think it was we had like a minute left on the clock. Um, I actually have two. It was like the first one was we had like a minute left on the clock. Um, we were down by one, and we ran a two point conversion, and we threw Emmanuel Sanders. It was a it was an out route. On, and he caught it, and the the crowd went crazy, absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, but sadly, I think that was the game we we played the Bears, and they drove down the field. They 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 called a a, a questionable penalty on us, um, and they got extremely a lot of yards off of it, and they were able to kick a field goal and win the game. Um, that was probably the first big one that really sticks out to me. Um, and then there was also there's also other ones that stick out. Um, I don't know specifically, but the biggest ones are game winners, and they're all off of Brandon McManus's foot. He <laughs> he is he's he's absolutely a bullseye guy. Like he he hits the guy he hits the field goal every single time, and it puts us up either one, two, or three, and we use, and we win. Like that guy is is an amazing kicker. And I'm glad to that he is on my team instead of another organization. I can tell you that for sure. All right. Hey, Lamar, awesome story. Uh, just real quick, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm on Instagram. 
Um, my Instagram is the Lamar Smith. It's pretty simple. T H E L A M A R S M I T H. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Lamar Smith. Um, I'm on Twitter, same, same handle, the Lamar Smith. I'm on LinkedIn, Lamar Smith. Um, yeah, my, my, my handles are pretty simple. Just type in Lamar Smith. Um, and you'll see me. I'm the first one. I've got the Bronco, uh, me and my Bronco sweatshirt. <laughs> as my uh as my picture so i'm pretty pretty noticeable um follow me hit me up anytime you want to talk or if you just want some advice if you want to text or anything you can message me and i'm open to help anybody out i'm here to inspire give advice encourage um share my story just i'm a, I'm a young kid from a hbcu that that made his dreams come true into the league and and i want to help everybody and anybody that wants to get to the top because the bottom is way too crowded. So, so any, anybody that wants, wants help, just reach out to me. Yes. All right, Lamar. So thank you so Appreciate much it, for man. the great insight. I think our audience is really going to enjoy this, uh, this interview, just, you know, where you came from, uh, what you went through and then where you are now. And hopefully we can have you back on the show during the NFL season. Oh yeah, definitely. Just, just let me know when, and, and I'm, I'm open to, to, to talk and, and help you guys out. You guys are helping me out. I'm helping you guys out. So I'd love to come back anytime. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Lamar Smith, for joining Appreciate the show. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Welcome to the NFL Way Too Early Award segment. So today we're going to talk about the eight top awards that are given at the end of the NFL season. So we're going to start off with Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. Jerry, who do you have? Wow. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, when you look at him, we knew exactly – we know exactly who he is, right? Playing at Oklahoma, he was a yak a – playmake, a playmaking yak monster. I mean, I think that when you look at his career, you know, he played some punt return. That's helped him out tremendously, you know, as far as finding ways and being so elusive. And I think falling to the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to be in the slot. He's going to have Amari Cooper. On the outside, Michael Gallup on the on the outside, and he's going to be Dex' go-to dink and dunk, and he's just going to make, he's just going to get, he's going to rack up 800 yards this season. He'll probably have 50, 50, 50 plus catches, and maybe even seven touchdowns this year. Real good there. I'm gonna go with Jerry Judah, another wide receiver out of his past year's draft. Man, he's young, quick, explosive. I mean, there's not even a lot of adjectives I can use to explain to do it to describe him. And he's going to be playing with second-year quarterback Drew Locke. Now, I think the Drew Locke, the Jerry Judy connection, it's going to be one to watch for the next decade, man. Um, Jerry Judy is my offensive rookie of the year this year. And I'm going to have to go with Henry Ruggs III, the Alabama receiver that was drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. He's real fast. He's got really good hands. And I think he's just going to be a problem for defenses this year. All right, moving on. Rookie defensive player of the year. I'll take this one. Chase Young. I mean – it's obvious, right? We saw what he did in Ohio State. But when you fall to the Redskins and you fall with a coordinator like Jack Del Rio, look at what Jack Del Rio was able to do with Von Miller as a rookie and with Khalil Mack. I just think that with that defensive line that the Redskins have, they have all first-rounders pretty much at that on their defensive line. And Chase Young, he's going to finish with 10-plus sacks this year. That's real good. I'm going to go with Jeff Okuda, the Detroit Lions cornerback out of Ohio State. We've seen what he did there. And um, 
quarterbacks did not like to target him. I think NFL quarterbacks and some like some rookie quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks, they're not even going to go his way, man. I think, I mean, he's a long corner. Some people, well, I, me anyway, I compare him to Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to have an extraordinary season or whatnot. And I think, I mean, he's, he's probably going to, I think he's going, I'm going to go out right now and I'm going to say he's going to tally seven interceptions this year. And he's going to have double digit pass deflections. And I'm talking about a high number of pass deflections. He's going to be, he is going to be a something special for the Detroit Lions in that system with Matt Patricia. So my defensive um, rookie of the year, I think, is going to be Jeff Okuda. And I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. The 49ers got an absolute steal that he was still available uh, when they drafted. Uh, he's just going to help out that already stout defensive line. We know they traded the, uh, you know, the Forrest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts, but I just feel like they're just going to be able to plug in Javon Kinlaw and they're not going to miss a beat. So I'm going to go with Javon Kenlaw for Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Ooh, Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. He's going to be my Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to come in this year, and I think I think he's going to lead the charge to the playoffs. That's why I'm thinking he's going to get Rookie of the Year. So I'm going to go with Rookie of the Year. I'm going with Justin Herbert. With me, I'm going to go with, and you heard it here first, Mr. Cool Joe Burrow. So – when you look at it, I mean, he was the first pick overall, and what a season he had in college. But when you look at it, he just has the swagger. He has the ooze. I mean, and he just knows how to play the quarterback position. You see him step into the pocket. He has two good wide receivers opposite of him with A.J. Green and now with T. Higgins. I think that he's going to excite the entire city of Cincinnati, all the all the Bengal you know, fan base. And that locker room. So I think that Joe Burrow is the lock here at the actual rookie of the year. And I'm actually going to go with the Tua Tungabailoa quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know he's not projected to start yet, but I think the sooner we get closer to the season, Brian Flores is going to make the call. And Tua Tungabailoa uh, is going to play the season. He's going to have a huge impact for the Miami Dolphins. And look out for them to win the AFC East. Moving on. Comeback player of the year. Who do you guys have? That's a real good one. I'm going with Rob Gronkowski, tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Took a year off. You know he got them fresh legs up under him. He's going to come in there. He's playing with his old buddy from New England, Tom Brady. I mean, I think Rob Gronkowski, he's going to have a big comeback year this year, and he's, he's going to win it. He's going to win the comeback player of the year this year for the, for, for the NFL. I think that A.J. Green is going to be the comeback player of the year. With a quarterback like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow knows that he's going to get him the ball. And it's just going to make A.J. Green two, three years younger. And he's going to be balling out this year. And I'm going to go with Big Ben Roethlisberger for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, We know last year that, you know, that offense struggled a lot just due to the fact that he was hurt and he did really did not play at all last year, right? So I just feel like they still have some weapons in place. And watch out for a big year uh, for Big Ben. Offensive player of the year. Uh, offensive player of the year. I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Might be a shocker to some people out there. I love that. Little, I love that. I appreciate it, man. Look, I had to give him some love. I've, I've liked him since Alabama. He didn't really play a lot there, but he came to the league last year. He was a surprise by a little bit. I think Josh Jacobs, he's going to take the Raiders to the next level. This coming to they might even be a playoff team. They got some talent there. I like what they did in the draft, but Josh Jacobs, I think he could be the primary reason. My, and so, my for the year would be Josh Jacobs. Just real notable, he actually led the the points last year for the actual rookie of the year, but it ended up going to Kyler Murray. So I think that was 
Yeah. He got robbed. He got robbed. <laughs> but that was, that was a good robbed. pick, Kendall. But uh, yes. in, in my case, I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins. I think this air raid system, I think Kyler Murray knows exactly who to get the ball to. They still got Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk. I just think that DeAndre Hopkins is just going to put up some gaudy numbers, and uh, he's going to get the Offensive Player of the Year, maybe a Michael Thomas-type year. And I'm actually going to go with Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, he's going to have a stellar year. He's got Tom Brady as his quarterback (laughs) now. He does not have to worry about the ball going to the defensive back instead of him. So look (laughs) out for a big year with Mike Evans, and he's going to walk away with that award. Defensive Player of the Year. Oof, defensive player of the year. I'm going with Jalen Ramsey. Yes, that's right. I said it. Jalen Ramsey. Everybody thinks Stephon Gilmore is what he won it last year. He's the best corner, but he won you know defensive player of the year. Jalen Ramsey got something to prove this year. We already know the attitude and the intensity and what he that he plays on the field. I mean, he had he did he had a, a okay year by not not okay year by since last year. Could have been a lot better. I think he's going to come out this year with something to prove. I think he's going he's going to get ten interceptions. And he's going to win defensive player of the year. Uh. Man, I'm kind of torn on this one. I mean, I, I can go – I want to go Nick Bosa, but I just feel that T.J. Watt, I mean, he's – this is this is a contract year, and he's just been progressing each year. He's just getting better and better, and he's just putting up great numbers, and, and he knows how to do one thing really well, and that's get, get sacks. I mean, just completely take over a game. So I'm going to go with T.J. Watt. And I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I know this is going to shock some people, but just hear me out. Last year, the way his season ended, it was not good. The whole you know altercation um, with the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, his name is escaping me for whatever reason. Um, but anywho, they have they have a really good defense there already. I just feel now next year is going to turn up a notch. Watch out for Miles Garrett having a big year and winning Defensive Player of the Year. Coach of the year. Coach of the year, that's a good one. I'm going with Anthony Lynn. And my number one reason, listen now, my number one reason for reason why he's gonna get coach of the year, because I've I said it before on previous shows. I think the the chart they're gonna start off with Tyrod Taylor, they're gonna go 0 and three or one and three or maybe even 0 and four. They're gonna not, not gonna have a good they're not gonna have a good record the first few weeks of the year. Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn is gonna insert um, the quarterback, Justin Herbert, and they're going to take off from there. And that main reason is going to be because of Herbert and Anthony Land. So I think the coach of the year is going to Anthony Land this year. I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan of the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers have done – they have done a great job this offseason. They were able to reload and get be- – I mean, they got better on pretty much on defense and offense. And watch out. I do think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, well, that remains to be seen. But Coach of the Year for me, I have to give it to John Gruden of the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, with everything going on, COVID-19 and the team transitioning to Las Vegas, I just feel like they did a tremendous job in free agency and also in the draft. They're going to have a big year, and watch out. Chucky's coming for that Coach of the Year. <laughs> MVP, the most important award of all. I'm going with Rain Dakota Prescott. That Prescott, he's going to ball out this year. He's going to get his contract done soon. Don't worry about that. He's going to have a big year, close to 4,000 yards. And I think he's going to have 40 touchdowns and 12 picks. That Rain Dakota Prescott, that Prescott wins MVP this year. You know, I, I, I could see that happening. But I'm going to go ahead and say Patrick Mahomes. He has just changed the way quarterbacks play in the NFL. 
I think that there, there's there's no real way to stop him, and uh, he's going to be the MVP this year. Man, and I'm just going to have to go with the GOAT. Tom Brady, we all know he's in Tampa Bay now, and he's going to have a he's going to have a huge year. I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, his best friend Rob Gronkowski's on the team, Cameron Bray, OJ Howard. Man, he's got a tremendous coach and Bruce Arians. Tom Brady wins MVP this year. Well, he does have all the tools and all the right players. And, and you know what this kind of reminds me of is whenever Peyton Manning transitioned to the Denver Broncos and they had so many weapons on offense and he broke records. So look out for a breaker, uh, record-breaking wow. year for Tom Brady. Okay. That's a bold statement. <laughs> all right, guys, any final thoughts before we get off the air tonight? Yes, I want to appreciate Lamar Smith for taking time out to come out on the podcast tonight, tell a great story about the injury he had when he started playing football and then how he went from there to be the video coordinator for the Broncos. He also was a coordinator with the Falcons, too. And, I man, I, I appreciate it. He actually gave one of our guys a shout-out tonight. So, real good um, interview with um, Lamar tonight, and we wish him well in, in the future. Yeah, overall, it was just a great podcast. And, yes, thank you so much, Lamar Smith. Truly inspirational story. What a journey, and thank you for, for just – for all the advice and, and everything you shared with us. And yes, we want to thank Lamar Smith of the Denver Broncos for joining the show tonight. Um, we hope you enjoy the show and that's going to go and wrap it up for East West football podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Yes. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid.